0: Hebrews chapter 11 it wasn't until Abraham was as good as dead that God made him the father of a multitude Mm -hmm. and you know we we all need to come to that point where we we recognize that God is God he is sovereign I am NOT Christ is my life I am NOT my own life apart from him I can do nothing John chapter 15 it's only from that place that we can live not knowing what the next step is because we know the one who does know and he's faithful he never leaves he never forsakes welcome to this week's episode of the his hill podcast my name is kelly Darty, and i'm your host i want to thank those that have been writing and for the local listeners who uh stopped me just to, to 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 say how the podcast is being used in your life uh, you know, we're, we're getting those emails, we're getting the encouragement, and uh, just want to thank you for taking the time to do that. Uh, I'm sitting here with our guest today telling him that we have people listening from all over the world. In some countries, I don't even know how they know about us, but uh, but people are are logging on and listening every week. So really appreciate that. And with the encouragement that's come with that, that you've given and, and, uh, and our prayer is that the the listener be encouraged to Jesus to be fixed on Jesus. That's why we always want to, you know, we end each podcast with that, that phrase to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, because we find that that only there will we be, be ready or prepared to live, you know, in, in whatever moment the Lord has brought us to. So, I, I mentioned that we have a guest today. We're going to have a, an interview with a good friend of mine. Uh, we served on staff together for 14 years, and uh, we are both. Uh, we both left staff. I've come back for part time, but but he still lives in the local area. But we're going to let you let him tell the story. Anyway, for those who are uh, listeners who are alumni, you're going to most of you will will know who this is. His name is Brian Stamnes. He was a student with us, an intern. Then he, uh, then later, he and his wife Regina came on staff, and uh, thought it would be good to bring him on, so people who don't know him could just hear how the Lord's worked in his heart, and 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 then for people who do know him, just to know what's going on in his life now and, and his family's life. So, Brian, thanks for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Kelly. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you. Uh, Brian, you and I have known each other for, oh my goodness, I, it's been, it, it has to be somewhere in the 30-year range, because we were 14 years together, and then I was gone for six, and you were actually a student before that, and... Uh, And then you were an intern for a while. So it's been, we're getting close to that 30-year range, I think, Mark. Right, right. Yeah. Just sitting here with you, I'm I'm reminded of a road trip you and I took (laughs) together one time. Uh, It was after summer camp, and my family was in Canada. And I was going back to Louisiana to help my dad on a construction project. And uh, you came with me. Uh, and and you went out there and stayed with some alumni there, but we were driving out there, and the car broke down. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Just as we're pulling into Houston, it breaks down on the interstate. We were able to take the exit and coast up to the— Uh, to To the traffic light, and we jump out of the car, and 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 now we're pushing it. Do you remember what happened then?
1: Oh yeah, somebody yelled out, "Yabba dabba (laughs) do." It
0: was memorable. (laughs) very memorable. Oh man, I remember you. You got a ride with some stranger to a parts store. Got uh, uh, an alternator. And got back, and uh, we were able to get that on there and make and make it to our destination. But that I every time I pass <laughs> that exit, you know, Arlene can testify to this. I'll just yell out "Yabba Dabba Doo," <laughs> and, and I think you and I are the only ones that really appreciate the humor of that. But anyway, Brian, um, now. Tell us a little bit about your childhood. Where did you grow up?
1: So I grew up in San Antonio. I grew up in a Christian family home. My my dad and mom were both believers, and uh, so they led me to Christ at an early age. And it was a, a very good family relationship that we had. I have an older brother and a younger sister. Uh, she came along a bit later on, so I was kind of mostly grown up uh, in kind of in the interim inter- of uh, heading out of the house at mm-hmm. that time. But nonetheless, uh, so I grew up uh, as a believer in Christ. Uh, I think, though, w- in the timeline of my mind, I remember vividly when I was in seventh grade, in that age group, I started to think, you know, if I need to be cool, I, you know, this is kind of how you talk at school and this is how you act. But I was also a Christian going in, involved in the youth group and so i was kind of two-faced at that point in my life so i had the sunday face on and, and the face at home and then when i was at school i tried to act cool and i had the the flowery words that i would say and just thinking but in my heart of hearts i knew this isn't this isn't right and i really after that summer of between my 7th and 8th grade year i recall vividly that the lord was saying you you, you are Mine, and this is not a reflection of who I am. And so the Lord really convicted me that you know words do matter, and how I act, and what what I say, and and so I just said, Lord, forgive me, and I I want to be one who honors you, and in the way I talk as well. And so that next year in eighth grade, I recall. Yeah, some of the kids that I hung out with, they're like, hey, you know, it's different, you know. And it was a great opportunity to say, you know, I'm a Christian, mm. and these things are not true of of who I am, the way I was talking. So that was just kind of a small little step in the right direction that the Lord was beginning to do in my life at that age.
0: Okay. And you guys, uh, as a family from San Antonio, you attended a local church there, and you were pretty active in that church, right?
1: Yes. So we grew up going to a local church in San Antonio, and the head pastor, Steve Troxell, was also one of the teachers out at his hill for, I believe, over 30 years. He was Mm -hmm. here a long, long time.
0: Yeah, just recently passed away. Right.
1: And so... We we had tremendous teaching, you know, very biblically-based sound doctrine that we were learning, and it was very instrumental. And uh, growing up, I was involved in the youth group. The the Lord challenged me through that. And uh, of all things, Charlie McCall, the director here at His Hill, his brother David, was my youth pastor. And that ninth grade year, not to skip too far forward in our storyline, but nonetheless, Um, David kind of took me aside and he says, I want you to be someone who greets the other, uh, youth coming in Mm. on Wednesday night. And I was at that time, uh, more of an introvert, very quiet. And so it was a big stretch. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Wow. Anybody that
0: knows Brian is probably shocked right now to hear (laughs) that you were ever an introvert.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So he, um, was, it was very kind of him to do so. And he said, this is what you want you to do. And and it completely changed who I was. Hmm. Uh, it was a great, a great challenge for me to, to go and, you know, greet the kids coming in my peers and, and, uh, it was very trajectory and how the Lord used that to continue to grow me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now I think you told me one time that it was, while you were part of that youth group is when you started to go down the road of prankster.
1: (laughs) Oh yes. Uh, yeah, there was, uh, there were many a good pranks and, uh, (laughs) We won't go into all the details, but if you ever need to have some good prank ideas, uh, look me up. I'll give you some pointers.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the, Brian. Brian has some hilarious stories of things that he, he's pulled, and and at when the years that I was the principal here at his hill. Brian was was one of the one of the people on staff I had to kind of rein in (laughs) because every year the students somehow would find out that Brian knows these has these great ideas and he would always tell them things. (laughs) (laughs) And we had a lot of fun with it. We would just laugh at about it every year. Uh, But uh, yeah, so you were um, you were you were part of the church there and you were active in it. Dave McCall was your youth pastor. Right. And uh, how did you end up hearing anything about his hill?
1: So being that uh, David obviously being the brother uh, and active uh, in, in the church there at Wayside and the connection that was there through, um, through uh, Steve to his hill and whatnot, and the brother, of course. So when I was graduating, uh, uh, Dave said, you know, you, you should really consider going to his hill as a student. And I remember vividly thinking, and and I I expressed to him as well, I said, you know, I don't know that this is exactly what the Lord would have for me at this time. And uh, I said, I really feel like the Lord's wanting me to go into studying construction, and maybe eventually the Lord would use that uh, to go into ministry of some sort later on in life. Um, I enjoy doing cabinet making and and those type of skills, but I, I felt like having a background in construction would be a good backup if I couldn't find a job doing cabinet making. So I went to uh, the local college and got an associate's degree in home building. And so the Lord just had his perfect timing and it wasn't right when I graduated. Now that's normally when students come to his hill and it's, it's a great gap year time, but it's, it doesn't mean that it has to be that way. Uh, the Lord's timing is always best. And and so I, I really knew that that's what the Lord was saying is no at this time. I didn't know if, I didn't think that there would be another time until sometime a couple of years later. And and I can go into that story if you'd like as well.
0: Sure. Yeah. Now you were, go ahead and tell us that. But if I remember, you were kind of just at a crossroads, really not knowing what direction to go in. Is that right?
1: Yeah, so, you know, obviously graduating from high school, I knew the next step would be to, to study uh, at a community college and learn construction and just see what the Lord would do. I didn't have any direction um, <clears throat> at that point of where I was going to go, what I was going to do. It was very open-ended. And so the Lord said, well, the next thing to do is, is learn in, in, in construction, go to school, at that time, I was working for a, a company. We were installing home theater systems. I was—it was for a gentleman that, that was at the the church that we were attending there at Wayside. So I worked with him for three years um, installing home theater systems, but studying to do construction work. And I really enjoyed the home theaters. It was—it was a—it was, was a fun job. Got to play with what I called the toys of, of very expensive home theater systems, and, right. and at the you know, technology has changed so much since, since then, but nonetheless it was high tech and it was a lot of fun. And, and, uh, but the, you know, the Lord is, he, he doesn't let us get comfortable and static sometimes in things. And so his way of moving me on to the next thing was, um, that I, I like to say that, uh, my boss was robbing from Peter to pay Paul mm. and I wasn't either either of those guys' <laughs> names so my, my check would bounce higher that I could jump each, each every other week and so I, I and I didn't confront him about it I just said well okay I was still um, going to school at night and working full-time during the day and so I thought well you know as long as the next paycheck clears then I'll just keep doing this but that went on for at least two months mm. and I thought you know it's, this isn't going to be a good pattern to continue in and so um, I like to think of it as somewhat prophetic even though it was it, I didn't know it at the time but I, I told my former boss then I said you know I, I really appreciate the job that you've given me but I really feel like the Lord's moving me on to the construction that I'm learning for some, possibly going into missions in some sort of way <clears throat> and so I need to, to go ahead and this is my two week notice. I need to quit. That's, I believe the only job I ever quit. Um, well, I take it back. I did move on from, uh, my first job was staining furniture, working with chemicals. And I realized I didn't want to do that for for the rest of my life either. So, um, he was very good about it and and I didn't have to go into any details of, of the underlying, um, way, you know, reason why I was leaving. But I was pretty upset about it personally. I I, th- I thought, you know, this isn't the way it should be. And I was quite upset about it. Uh, so much so that I got a ticket that day because oh, <laughs> no. I was speeding. Uh, I was like, well, the Lord says, I, you know, he's like, that's not good. You don't need to, to react in the flesh. So, <clears throat> so, uh well, but that was the way the Lord moved me on. And so I was still living at home with my folks. I was, Still going to school, and and I was out working on my vehicle in the in the parking lot there, or right in front of the house. And uh, the neighbor up the road came to me, and and he said, "Hey Brian, I have noticed that you've been parked out in front of your parents' house. What are you doing these days?" And I said, "Well, I'm kind of in between jobs." And so he said, "Well, would would you like to work for me?" And I said, "Sure." What do you do? And so <laughs> I was I was literally like, "I will take any job I can." <clears throat> and so. He said, "Well, I own a construction company with a partner of mine, who uh, has the other half of the par- uh, the partnership in the in the construction business." And so, yeah, would you like to work with me? And I said, "Certainly." And so I went to work that following Monday, and and I ended up working for them for three years. And it was a great way that the Lord taught me the hands on things that I was learning in school, that the Lord later on would help me to use at His hill.
0: Mm. Uh, just let me interrupt you for just a second. I don't know if people can hear what's going on outside, but just so you know, uh, we're in summer camp mode here, and right now the kids are going to the bathroom right next to us before they go to chapel for the evening chapel, so that's that's the noise that you may be hearing out there, but anyway, it'll go away in a second, but go ahead, Brian. <laughs> no,
1: no. So, um, nonetheless, uh, I ended up going to work for them, and And it was a great experience. It was a great way to learn how to do the hands-on things that I was learning theoretically in school. Uh, They were not believers, and so it was also a great opportunity to be a witness for the Lord Hmm. in the construction atmosphere. And and you can imagine, you've heard stories, it, it gets kind of rough with some of the things that those guys talk and say. And so I felt like at times I was... Like a, um, like the conscience to these men, <clears throat> because they would start to to tell a joke or something that was not good, and then they would stop and they go, oh wait a second, you know, no, we'll, we'll, we don't need to say that. You know? so I was <laughs> like, yeah, that's good. I'm I'm glad you don't want to, because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to hear. I don't <laughs> want to hear it. <clears throat> and so, but it was a great way to just uh, be a witness for the Lord. And and they would also specifically say, Brian, I, I want you to go to this job because you're going to go into somebody's home and nobody's going to be there. And I don't necessarily trust these other guys. I don't want to get a phone call that somebody stole something. I said, well, thank you. I, yeah. I'd be glad to to do that. <clears throat> and so I, I was working for them and and really just felt like, yeah, this is what the Lord has for me. And I was uh, finishing up school at that time, and and just continuing construction. I would begin my day usually around six in the morning, and and uh, finish up school around ten at night, and that was my schedule for a while.
0: Wow. Okay, and so you did that for three years. <clears throat> uh, what what brought you to the end of that? And-
1: yeah. So during that time, I was still involved at Wayside Chapel. I was then uh, kind of a, a youth leader of some sort, not not in any. Uh, paid capacity, but just helping out in the youth group, still had a, had a, a passion for that and and being involved in, in youth missions and uh, often would go down on the Mexico mission trips that we would take with the church, um, with the youth. <clears throat> and so I was uh, hearing about his hill, you know, occasionally th- that way, but, but really st- uh, still, again, not really not knowing much about it and not really thinking about it. And, and so I remember very vividly the occasion that happened that the Lord said, you know, he, he's, it was almost kind of like the Paul moment, you know, the shining light type deal on the road. To, you know, yeah. it wasn't like that it's, it's specifically, but <clears throat> it was in my heart. I was working in a very elderly uh, p- person's home, working on, on fixing some sheetrock in the ceiling. And the Lord spoke to me in my heart and said, you should go to his hill. And I'm thinking, where in the world did that come from? Because uh, it wasn't on my radar. Mm. I was not thinking about his hill. I was not praying about his hill. But the Lord said, you need to go to his hill. And I'm thinking, my goodness, what is that? So I, of course, contacted Dave McCall. Again, he was still the youth pastor. <coughs> and... Uh, I said, David, is is your brother still the director out there? And he said, Yes. And so I called up Charlie, and I said, I, you know, can I meet with you to to hear a little bit more about his hill? And he said, uh, Certainly. So the Lord worked it out even before making the phone call that I was going to need to be in San Antonio on the Tuesday that Charlie McCall had a had a dentist appointment. So I. Um, <clears throat> asked for an extended lunch from my my boss, and he said, sure, no problem. And I met with Charlie, and I said, I'd like to hear more about what you have there at the Bible School. What's that about? And uh, I told him what I did for work, and he he very graciously said, Well, what we can do is you can come to school, and you can work for 17 hours a week, and we'll help you to get here. And that was very, very kind of him because I didn't have uh, money to set aside enough to just come free and clear it for tuition. And so, uh, you know, it was a growing experience. For me, it was like a vacation because it was just working 17 hours a week instead of 40 plus. But it was a great ministry to, to be plugged into and, and working. Um, and I was a, a bit older at that time, so I would, uh, you know, still be working with uh, the students during work day but I was off to be on a project by myself or with the, the construction guy that was here at the time just working on some of the buildings doing what I was doing so uh, it was a great a great way that the Lord brought me to his hill as a student and it was also a great way to, to grow in my walk with the Lord I I knew that I Knew the Lord Christ and uh, as my Savior and Lord, and, and I was walking with Him. But it was just a, a really, um, for the first time, just a, a purposeful diving into God's Word like mm-hmm. I'd never known and learned before. And so it was a great growing experience. And even just something as simple, I remember vividly um, we were the typical household family, we would watch TV at night, everybody just sit in the living room and watch TV, (coughs) and somebody could literally get up and walk out and go out the door, and you wouldn't even know they left. Oh, wow. Because we were just watching TV. And so I purposed that when I was finished with his hill that I would not watch TV with my parents ever again, that I would take the time to just talk with them and not be distracted. Mm. And so I still don't watch TV over at their house whenever we go to visit. So. That was something that was very you know, simplistic but very vivid in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's how the Lord brought me to his hill.
0: What year was that? That, you, you that came? was in 95. Okay, so in 95 you came to be a student and you did 17 hours of work on top of that. Right. So you did the five hours of class a day, 17 hours of work. <coughs> Excuse me. So you were uh, you were a busy man during that time.
1: Yeah, you know, and it, it, you know, you'd see the students having the afternoons off, and they're playing and socializing and having fun, playing in the pool. And I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm painting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that looks so fun, you know. But uh, you know, I, I knew that this is what the Lord had. So um, uh, it was it was uh, just another way to be disciplined to to do the task that I knew I needed to do and not complain.
0: Okay. When was it that you came to understand that Christ is your life, not just a ticket to heaven? But
1: I believe that would have been when I was in the youth group at Wayside when I was younger. Uh, I, again, I knew that 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 change, that shift between 7th and 8th grade was very monumental in my heart. Something as simple as the way you talk, but I knew that was the direction the Lord was taking me. Okay. So he was saying, "You're mine," and so you need to walk with me, and so that was a changing point.
0: So, would you say your time, the the year as a student here, was affirming to that?
1: Oh, absolutely. So again, it was. There were things at his hill that were. Um, it was. It was building on the the elementary things of the word, you know. So that was. You know, as the word talks about the 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 meat of God's word, not just the milk. And so, <clears throat> it was through learning the different things at His Hill that I really realized that there's it's more than just going to church and you know on Sunday and saying you're a Christian. There was the actually walking with Him, um, talking with Him in prayer, and and having Him be the one who. Everything that I did, I wanted to be a reflection of Him. And so, and, I, and I'm uh, obviously not perfect. There were many times where that wasn't the case, but God in His goodness would bring me back to Himself, and He uh, continues to do so.
0: Okay. So, you again, you did your year of Bible school, and uh, then you, um, then you. We were You were an intern after that, weren't you?
1: So, yeah. So what happened was uh, I stayed on. Uh, excuse me. I was uh, working. Uh, finished up my school. Excuse me. Uh, as my school year. And then I volunteered to stay on as, an in, uh, as a, a counselor for two weeks. Not a very long time. I went through the, the training for two weeks. And then I stayed on for uh, summer camp <clears throat> with the scholarship kids that would come for two weeks. Okay. And then... After that, I had obligations with Wayside taking the youth down to Mexico for the Mexico Mission trips. Okay, and then I had some other plans that that took me through another couple of weeks into that was going on through the summer. And uh, while I was away on one of these trips, I thought, you know what, this is this is just kind of taking time that I don't need to necessarily spend doing what I'm doing. Um, I should see if his hill needs my help again, because hmm. I I had missed that atmosphere of serving and, and being around the, the the people that were here and and so I I uh, asked to come back and see if there was one you know the last week of summer camp <clears throat> to help out any way I could and they said sure come on back and uh, that was the time I don't know if you recall we were actually working on the tower changing some of the, uh, elements of the tower. We shifted a yeah, wall backwards. Yeah. We, we created a triangle part up there and a different yeah. climbing walls. Yeah. Into, we changed the
0: whole face of the climbing the whole, wall. Yeah. yeah.
1: Back when you and I were more fit, yeah. <laughs> we could actually do that. <laughs> and so that was a great time back. And I remember when I was working on that, uh, you Kelly said, you know, Brian, you should, you should think about coming back as an intern. And I said, well, that's something I, that, you know, I'll pray about it, and you know, that's the the, the easy knee jerk Christian thing to say. Well, I'll pray about it, but yeah. but I was like, you know, I I will pray about it and and see, and and so I was thinking on it and praying on it, and and then a day or two later, Charlie came up and said, Brian, you should think about staying on as an intern. I like huh. well, and we got two people here really wanting me to think about being an intern, so I'll pray about it, and and I. What I always encourage uh, everyone to do is uh, not only did I pray about it, but I, I confronted, you know, confirmed with my parents, what do you think? You know, they got their godly advice and, and then some other mentors in my life. And I said, what do you think? And they, everybody was just affirming, like, uh, that there's really no reason why you shouldn't say yes to this. And so I contacted that former boss, the one that was in construction. And I said, uh, I'm actually going to... Stay on, a, you know, as an intern after, well, I, I should say, I went back to Charlie and said, yes, I'd like to do that. And he said, great. <clears throat> and so I went to my former boss, I'm mean a boss at the time and, and said, I'm going to be gone another year. Mm-hmm. And he said, no problem. We'll, uh, we'll have a job waiting for you wow. when you get done. He said, no problem. And so I came and, and stayed as an intern. And so again, it was, it was like a vacation because I was still working but they had classes integrated in that was still uh, stretching times and times of learning. We had a great group of core group of uh, interns that, that I grew with and had great times with. <clears throat> Lots of stories with that. I had a my roommate was from Costa Rica, and a uh, uh, quick story about that. Uh, so Lawrence and not uh, Lawrence. If you hear this podcast, I hope you don't mind me saying your first name. But anyways, Lawrence from Costa Rica, the land of love. Uh, he met his now wife here as well, and Kelly is her name. And uh, Lawrence says to me, "Brother," because he, he's Hispanic in his talk. You know, even though he's from Costa Rica. Anyways, he said, "Brother, I think I'm in love with Kelly." And uh, look what I have. And he pulls out a wedding ring. And he's not even dating her for a week. And I said, Kelly, excuse me, I said, "Uh, Lawrence, uh, put that in your sock drawer in the far back and don't bring that out for a long time. Trust me on this. Don't do it. He didn't listen. He proposed to her, I think, after the first week they were dating. And she said yes. And then she told Daddy. And Daddy said, "Uh, Charlie, put her on a plane. Today and he's like, "Oh, what's going on?" So, anyways, that got kind of it worked out. They now have four wonderful children, and and they're up in Canada, and, and just great people. But it was uh, it was kind of comical in my mind. But uh, so, as an intern when I was working here, uh, Regina, my now wife, had come over from the Bible school that she had grown up in. It was more of a a, a family camp. Uh, at Schloss Klaus in Austria, the German-speaking center there, and so she, uh, the Lord led her to come to His hill, and uh, I actually picked her up from the airport. Oh, really? And <clears throat> the prankster part of me—a quick story on that. I won't go too long, but <clears throat> in the parking lot was a red convertible Dodge Viper sports car in the in the parking lot, and so when we. I picked up her bags. You could go at the very end of the terminal back then. And I took her luggage out and I dropped it down in front of the, uh, the convertible Dodge Viper. And I said, here we are. And she says, okay. It was like nothing. Like <laughs> I said, no, I'm just kidding. It's this blue bomb over here, you know? And so I threw it in the little Ford something. And we waited for another uh, student to come. She was from Canada and so I thought, well, I failed on one. I'll try on the second one. So I, I did the same thing to her, plopped it down, and she flipped out and thought, this is the best thing. No way. You've got to be kidding me. This is going to be great. Put <laughs> it right no, in. No, I'm just kidding. It's this blue car over here. So I got one out of two. But anyways, uh, so that's my first encounter with Regina. And, uh, But the, the sparks weren't flying then. I was just doing my job. Uh-huh. That came later.
0: Yeah, so you guys, <clears throat> when did you start to date?
1: Well, we didn't actually start to date until January, the, the following semester, when uh, everybody came back from the winter break. <clears throat> so we started noticing each other, and, and uh, um, I won't go into all the detail, but one of my funny stories I like to say is I, I had a, a nice camera, and so I acted like I was going to take pictures of butterflies and who knows what, so I could wander my way down to where she was, <laughs> at the river, and we could talk. And so I used the camera as a, as my excuse for happening to show up at the same place. Good okay. job. Yeah, you know. And so, um, so at one of the conversations we had, Regina said to me at that time, I remember vividly, <coughs> she said, um, you know, I don't think I could ever live here in the United States. I'm thinking, mm, "That's that's not a good answer. That's <laughs> not what I wanted to hear. But it was, a, it was a way for me to understand that relationships are two ways. It's not only just my way or the highway. And if I really felt like this is what the Lord was eventually leading me towards, I need to be open to the idea maybe I sh- would live in Austria. So we fast forward. Um, we started hanging out in groups. And <clears throat> just before we were to leave on the Christmas break, uh, Regina had mentioned that one of her dreams was to go to California after school. So Dr. Joe Martin, who's one of the teachers here, has been faithfully coming also for many, many years, uh, probably 20 plus years, yeah, probably th- closer least. to 30. Yeah. Um, I knocked on his door and I said, uh, Job, I, I have a question for you. <clears throat> There's this young lady uh, that I'm interested in, Regina, we're not dating yet, but uh, she wants to go to California and I have just a little bit of money, and I have a car. What do you think? I think it's a good idea. I don't want her to go on a bus. And he goes, "That's a great idea. You just get married, have a great time. It's cheaper that way." And I'm thinking, "Ah, oh, we're not even dating." And so it was like it was a it was a reset of like this is reality, Brian. <laughs> so we didn't go to California, but we did get married. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Just later, and I don't know if you said this yet, but she's she's from Austria.
1: That is right. So she's from Austria. So we, uh, so I had asked her when she came back. You know, I sent her off. To, she went to Canada, and, and she actually stayed overnight with the other two students that were going up, Lawrence being one of them. They I arranged for them to stay at my grandmother's place. So they, she got to see my little baby pictures and whatnot. So that was good. <laughs> So when she came back, um, I was kind of standoffish for a little bit because it was that final moment of like, is this really what the Lord is going to have or not? And so she was a bit confused because I was just kind of being a little bit elusive. <clears throat> that didn't last long, and so uh, we went on a on a trip for a hiking trip out to his uh, excuse me out to Enchanted Rock in Fredericksburg, and uh, on the way home, uh, we're coming back up to his hill, and she said, "So is that a date?" And I said, yep. And she said, <laughs> okay. And we've been dating ever since.
0: <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah. And you guys got married. Uh, now, you lived in Austria for a little while.
1: Yeah, so Regina finished up, her. you know, we both finished, I, me in, in turn and her as a student. And then she went back to Austria in June of 97. And so we had a long distance relationship, which was... Really tough for me. She was doing fine. I was a basket case. (laughs) And and again, just to share our age a little bit, you know, there wasn't the Internet. There wasn't uh, FaceTime or Facebook or any of that stuff. So it was literally, you know, making phone calls. And there's a seven-hour time difference. And so she was just getting up as I was going to bed. And so she wasn't a morning person. And so the conversations were not so long. And I'm thinking, she doesn't love me. But she was like, I know you're coming. So I... I took a, a three-month German course at the local community college. Oh, I remember you doing so that. So yeah. that I could at least, you know, converse with our folks a bit. And um, in December of 97, I flew over to Austria with a one-way ticket and said, well, okay, Lord, you know, we're going to get married sometime. I don't know when, don't know the timeline. This is uh, Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. I just <laughs> I, well, I'm going to Austria, but that's about all I know. And, uh... And so I, um, proposed to her and she said, yes, thankfully. And, uh, although she, she was funny about when I was proposing, she, she said, do I have to tell you tonight? And I said, (laughs) and she was pulling my leg and I said, of course you do. And so she said, no, I'm kidding. Of course. And so, um, but I had asked permission just shortly, well, I got over there in December and asked her father, and, and he said, I already said yes. I'm like, when? He said, when you wrote the letter asking permission to date her. I said yes for everything. I was like, okay, well, that's <laughs> all right. So we were married in February of 98, and uh, I went to work in March of 98 over in Austria working for a, a custom balcony business, and um, and then we started the process of Working on paperwork because we realized not too far into our time there that it would be difficult for both of us to not need to work. uh, For better lack of words, she would have to work and I would have to work in order to make ends meet. Even though we were living at home with her folks, right? So the Lord was working us back to His, excuse me, to to the United States, back to San Antonio. And so when we knew that was the case and we've gotten all the paperwork put together and the U.S. government said, you need to be back in the United States by September or your your um, visa is going to fail for her. So we we made our plans. I called up my former boss in construction. I said, um, I know I, I came and left twice. Uh, do you have that job still waiting for me? He said, yes, I do. Wow. So, we uh, we arrived on a Saturday. I, we found an apartment on Sunday, and I went back to work on Monday. Wow. And the Lord had me work there for another year. During that time, though, and even prior, we had been praying and asking, and said, Lord, we really, really, really would love to come back to work at His Hill. And we even inquired with Charlie, and he said, you know, Brian, I, I'm sorry. There's just not a position here for you. And so we said, okay. But we kept praying and asking and praying and and pleading with the Lord. We really want to work at his hill. And he kept saying no. And so we, um, in March of 99, uh, this timeline, I remember vividly. So in March of 99, I, I finally said, okay, Lord, you've been telling me no all this time. I'm going to quit asking. I'm going to be thankful and content where you have me. And I went into my boss's office and I said, I just want to let you know, I'm very thankful for being able to work here and just want to let you know, I'm not looking around for other jobs. I really appreciate working for you. And he was kind of surprised. He's like, well, okay, good. Thank you. (laughs) He didn't know what was going on in my heart. So we settled it. Okay, we're done asking in March. And so we uh, knew one of the, we were working at back at Wayside, uh, helping out with the two to three year old kids teaching Sunday school, <clears throat> and one of the, the little kid's grandparents owned a cabin on the property out at his hill here. So we inquired and said, is there any way we could just get out of the city and uh, stay at the cabin? And he said, sure. <clears throat> so we, this is in May, we come up to, and we swing through the gate at his hill just to see who we might see and say hello. And and <clears throat> Charlie is coming out of the chapel walking down the the sidewalk, and he says, oh, Brian, Regina, it's so good to see you. We were just talking about you guys and wanted to know if you wanted to come on staff, <laughs> but I got to go. So, I mean, we were in shock. We had no idea what to do. So, of course, now I'm confused. Uh, the Lord said, no, all this time now he's saying, here's an opportunity. So we did the same thing we've always done. We conversed with... You know, godly people that we knew, and and everybody was affirming, yes, this is a good thing. And so I went back into my boss's office in May, and I said, you know, I remember when I said I'm not looking for other jobs. Well, <clears throat> actually, the Bible school that I went to, uh, they've asked me to come on staff, and I believe this is what the Lord has. And he said, well, Brian. He says, I'm not going to throw you a party there when you leave this time. And I said, I understand. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) And so then the partner uh, of the business came to me on the side, and he says, Brian, um, what are they going to pay you? And I said, I don't know. I never asked. And he, not being a believer, he just couldn't wrap his mind around, how can you say yes to something you don't even know what they're going to pay you? And I said, well, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be working in a place that we're investing in people's lives for eternity. And that's the reason why I'm saying yes. And that's Mm. what we're doing. It's not about the money and God's going to take care of us. Mm. he said, well, you know, Brian, um, I could probably talk to Kevin, the other partner, and we could bring you on as a partner in the the business. Wow. So we can have the you know, you don't have to bring an investment. You just be a partner and you, your pay raise will be substantially higher. And I said, well, thank you so much, but this is really what the Lord wants for us. And so yeah. I said, thank you, know, thank you, but no. And so we came on in August of 99, <clears throat> and uh, we, we came on to the campus. We, we came on as staff members, and everybody left because it was the end of summer camp. So we're literally here by ourselves. <laughs> it was a nice welcome. It was kind of comical.
0: So that was, uh, yeah, so you guys were here by yourself for, I guess, three or four weeks. Right, yeah. Yeah, while everybody was on vacation. Everybody
1: was on vacation, we came here, and we were like, okay, we're by ourselves. (laughs) Do you
0: remember the first thing that you guys did with us as staff? No, I do not. Okay, we, that year is the year that um, um, Sheila also came on staff as our cook, and we, uh, Charlie took a whole staff down to the coast right. For oh a few yes! Days. Oh yes! Yeah, and the, and that was the the infamous fishing trip.
1: Oh my! <laughs> it's ingrained in our minds.
0: Charlie mm-hmm. took us on a deep sea fishing trip, and uh, the the skipper of the boat told him to make sure that they all take. It was some kind of medication to Dramamine or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, something I like that. But it was, it, it had s- kick to it that would uh, make sure that, to protect us from being seasick. <clears throat> so he gave it all to us the night before. And we just about—I barely made it to my bed. I mean, I was—I was seriously about to drop right right there on the floor. And then the next morning, I staggered in because we had to get up early in the morning. I staggered into the d- dining room where we were all to meet, and I saw Charlie's giving everybody another pill, and everybody's <laughs> yeah. sitting there with their head down. I mean, everybody's just just about to drop, and like just not thinking. Every one of us took the pill, and we. So now we're we're driving out to I think it was Port Aransas, to, right. to get on the boat. And that was the hardest trip I remember driving. I just to stay oh, awake. No. Then we get on the boat and we get out there twenty miles offshore and it's smooth as glass. Yeah. There was no waves and we're also we're all so sleepy. We ended up going into the cabin and going to sleep. And nobody caught any fish.
1: We were very glad when the boat said, well, everybody reel in. We're like, yay. (laughs) And we would take all the seats up. Nobody could sit down because we were all passed out. We're laying down in the (laughs) seats.
0: So that was the introduction to being on staff. Yeah, yep. that was that we've laughed about that for years. <laughs> There's something else that I remember early on with you and me. Do you remember us getting our bus license?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Many we, fun stories about that.
0: Nobody on staff had bus license and we, we use the buses year round. So Herb and you and I had to get our bus license. <clears throat> but the, the crazy thing about it is that. You and I, Herbert, he had had license, bus license before he had driven bus buses before you and I never had. So we go through the whole process and it was was quite the process to go through and get it. I think we had three different exams to take and, and you and I got our license the day before the mission trip to Mexico. Right. (laughs) And so they, you know, Charlie basically said, congratulations. You know, you got your license. Now take the students to Mexico. <laughs> so here we are having never driven these buses other than just practicing to get the license and now we're taking the whole student body to Mexico. And both of us had accidents in Mexico. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think mine by far outdid yours but as far as damage but but yours I remember there was just a backup of traffic that was unbelievable and and then at the end of the week we had to, we were leaving and we got lost in the town and ended up on a one way street that we couldn't make a right hand turn. And so we had to get students to jump off the bus and literally pick up cars and move them up onto the sidewalk so I could drive past and you behind me. And then they put all the cars back on the road. Right. We've had, and then remember the trip home.
1: Oh yes. So then the, um, so I'm I'm trailing behind Kelly, and all of a sudden the entire there's this bang, and the windshield fills up with uh, water, and and I just get on the radio to, to the handheld radio to tell Kelly, hey, tell the students don't be throwing water balloons out the window. <laughs> and uh, just as I'm about to say that, I look over and the uh, the temperature gauge is pegged to the far right, you know, two twenty. I said, Kelly, pull over. And that was too late. It was gone. The entire radiator split from the top to bottom. No more water. And the engine seized up, and there it died. And so we've got all these students, two bus full of students. And uh, so we very brightly and wisely (laughs) said, okay, everybody pile onto one bus. (laughs) Everybody's standing room only overloaded this bus. And uh, we made it to Lytle, I believe it was, yeah, it, like to uh, HEB before one of the tires blew. And uh, so then, of course, they're bringing new tire at a tire from his hill. And so we're waiting. And um, so, yeah yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Brian and I <clears throat> could give you story after story. We, yeah. we, we were on staff together for 14 years, yeah. and we had a lot of laughs. Yeah. But uh, tell us about your time on staff. How did the Lord, you know, work in your heart that, with that time? It's 14 years, wasn't it? No, no, no. We were together 14 we were, years. Yeah, you were so here for 20, right? 20 years, pretty yeah. much.
1: Uh, and so, yeah, the Lord was, you know, it, it, I was in charge of the maintenance, and I had a great group of guys that were support with me. And uh, part of the, you know, the great time was to, to also have our discipleship group ministry. So I would meet with two to three guys and... I like to, to kind of inwardly joke and say, well, you know, some of you know, three of the guys on staff came through my discipleship group. You know, (laughs) they had nothing to do with me, but uh, you know, Connor and uh, um, Kevin and I think Michael was in my group a little bit as well. Anyways, so it was good that they're here. But nonetheless, uh, so the Lord was using me to just kind of invest in the the guys' lives and uh, and and just. uh, the fellowship with the other staff was just sweet, and and really enjoyed it, and so it was uh, for me. It was a great time just to to there was there was the the normal day to day routine of just getting up and and fixing whatever broke that day, and, and because you were head of maintenance, right? So it was head of maintenance, and so <clears throat> didn't really have an agenda each day other than just see what broke and fix it. And hope that something didn't break when you didn't know it was going to break, and you know. So, okay. So, uh, but uh, I really enjoyed uh, the times with my disciples group, especially just working with these guys and get to know them better, and and uh, having those Fridays where you could, and even during the week at times, but specifically on Fridays of just really um, imparting any kind of wisdom that the Lord would give to me to give to them.
0: Okay. And so you were here for twenty <clears throat> years, and, uh, and then the Lord moved you guys on from here. Yeah. What,
1: so what? Uh, you know, it was probably about five years prior to when we left. I, I I was getting older. I was thinking to myself when we first came on staff. Um, <coughs> I think I was, uh, I think I was twenty seven, and uh, something around there, twenty seven, twenty eight, <coughs> and um. And so I, I, you know, there's, uh, I, I thought, well, we're gonna die here. We're gonna work here till we die, yeah, yeah or till the Lord returns. And so, um, and the Lord uh, said, okay, you can think that way for right now. That's what, that's fine. <laughs> but probably about five years prior to us leaving, I could, I started to sense that, you know, this isn't where the Lord has me forever. But I didn't know what the next step was, <clears throat> and um, it wasn't for anything that was here at his hill or anything. It was more of which what, what the Lord was working in my heart. And kind of thinking forward as well, again, you know, uh, this is, you know, 15 years later, so I'm, I'm 15 years older, and, and, and I'm starting to think, you know, um, I'm starting to ache a little bit longer. I'm not as spry as I used to be. I still can do what I'm doing, but what happens when I'm 55? What happens when I'm 65? And... I can't expect that his hill would keep me on staff as head of maintenance, doing maintenance work if I'm an old man, mm. for better lack of words. <coughs> and so I was thinking, well, what would the Lord have next that would be, you know, for Regina and I to move into? And, and by this time we have our, our had Anna and Joshua, our, our lovely kids, and, um, and something that would be able to support them. And because uh, the Lord was amazing in our time here, he always provided in ways that was just abundantly beyond what we could even imagine. Mm. And he still does to this day. But, um, and so we just started praying about it, but we didn't know what was next. And so uh, of all things, uh, the the boomerang came back of of Kelly and Arlene. Excuse me, Kelly and Arlene, um, <clears throat> Lawrence and Kelly Fernandez came down, and uh, and and she is a realtor uh, up in Canada, and they came down to visit with their kids. Wanted to show him his hill, <clears throat> and so she mentioned what she did, and and um, so I thought in the back of my mind, I thought, you know what? That's that sounds like something that. I could probably look into you. I think I might be able to do that. <clears throat> and um, well, the Lord said the same thing to Regina. She was thinking about it as mm-hmm. well. And so uh, we visited with Kelly and, and Lawrence and, and they went on back to Canada. And <clears throat> and I, I said, you know, Regina, she she mentioned something about being a realtor. What do you think about that? She said, you know, I was thinking the same thing. And so again, Following true to what the Lord always has me do, I conferred with uh, friends and family and, and those who know the Lord, and, and they all said, you know, I think that's something that would be a good idea. And uh, I got the good, the bad, and the ugly of what that looks like, and uh, the tra- how that, uh, you know, financially, what you need to prepare for something like that. <coughs> so I went to Charlie, and I said, Charlie, I think the Lord's kind of leading me in this direction what do you think and he graciously said Brian I, I would love for you to be able to stay here as long as you want but if this is what the Lord's leading you to I don't see any reason why that would be a bad thing for you to do <coughs> and it, it meant a lot for me to to have his blessing on it so I said I'd like to have a two-year transition if you're okay with that transferring into real estate and uh, he said sure no problem and I had grandiose ideas I said well I can you know, work full-time for his hill, and evenings and weekends, I'll work in real estate until I started studying uh, the courses. and It's uh, 180 hours of course credit, followed by a state and national exam in order to get your real estate license. And so I quickly realized day one, well, that's not going to work. So before I got my test taken, I went back to Charlie and said, you know, I think if it's possible, would you be open for me to work part-time? and I'll do the other part-time in, and in real estate. And he said, yes, I'd be glad to do that. And so that's how the Lord transitioned us into the real estate market and working for serving people in a different way and uh, working part-time at His Hill. And, and His Hill graciously had a gift for our family that they uh, gave for, for those who were leaving staff unbeknownst to me I didn't know that and so it was amazing that the Lord used that exactly to get us through what everybody said you need to have reserves on hand to cover your bills and so the Lord used that and um uh, probably about a year and a half later it wasn't a full two years we we said for the Lord is firmly established on our feet I believe we can go ahead and and move on and uh there, there was other staff here, Mark and uh, Levi, in in maintenance, and they knew just about everything I knew as well, and so um, it was a good time to go ahead and transition fully.
0: And uh, and so now you are full time. You're a real estate agent, and you're my family's real estate agent. You you know the Lord. You put up with us for quite a while. You know, we're in Louisiana trying to move out here and Brian did all the leg work. There was lots of FaceTime <laughs> videos and, and we thought this would work and that didn't work. And we thought this was going to work and that didn't work. And we'd drive out here to look at another house. Okay. This is definitely it. And that didn't work. And Brian just was just very patient, very faithful. And then the Lord just, just used Brian to find a home in comfort that wasn't even on the market. And uh, and the family that owned it gave us such favor. It was a real blessing from the Lord. And now Certainly my blessed. whole family, they they were able to buy the land. My kids were able to buy the land behind us, two different lots. So we all lived next door to each other, and the Lord used used you to do that. and it was a big blessing to us. and, and it, so you know, we're just we just thank the Lord and rejoice with you that He's moved you to the next thing. yes. And still, We see, you know, you have a heart for the Lord and you're probably learning just like we are, is that, that, you know, your business is your ministry, you know, because you're not, he's nodding his head, by the way, uh, the, just because, you know, you you no longer are on staff at a Bible school, um, you know, in, in that kind of community doesn't mean that you're no longer, you know, in ministry, but there's, uh, there's so much opportunity, you know, th- that we're finding in the business world to proclaim Christ, to demonstrate Christ, to encourage people in what is true that's found in Christ. And uh, you probably have had, you know, lots of opportunity, you know, working with people in real estate because I know that can be a very, um, what's the best word for it? You know, for, for people that are buying, it can be a very um, anxious time. It can be a very stressful time. And uh, there, there's probably lots of opportunity for you to just minister to people, to take a breath and and, and, and just just rest.
1: That's right. It, it, and that's exactly right, you know, because it gives great opportunity to say, <clears throat> you know, I just want to let you know I'm praying about this with you, and, and uh, uh, you know, the Lord's mm. got this, and, and just those little phrases that the Lord gives opportunity at times to, to interject, mm. um, even if somebody we haven't had that conversation if they know the Lord or not, but it, it's a great segue or opening. To, uh, I was just with a gentleman today and uh, and I told him mm. my past of being here at the Bible school and it led one thing to another. And, and he said, I don't know. He says, I, it seems kind of odd, but uh, I, I feel like, you know, when I'm telling you these next things that I can trust you because you are you're, you're a Christian. I said, yes, I am a Christian. I'm a believer in Christ. And he said, yeah, exactly. So, uh, and I've never met this man before until today. And so, again, it's just another way of of being, you know, salt and light yeah. in our world.
0: Right, yeah. And I, um, <clears throat> you know, just this whole conversation, I don't know if you caught this, if you were intending to do this, but there's really been, uh, there's been a theme through this. And, you know, we we were texting each other. You wanting to know, do I have any questions? And people ask me that all the time. I said, not really. You know, it's just, just going to be a conversation, yeah. and, uh, you know, just how you came to know the Lord and what the Lord's doing in your heart. And as you were telling your story, I noticed something that was being repeated. Uh, first of all, you never knew what the next step was. Yeah. but you But you were trusting the Lord for the next step. And and he he was making it possible, and he was making it known as to what to do. And you know, sometimes we have to, you know, we don't realize that until we look back, right? And see, oh, the Lord was doing this and doing this and doing this. And you know, I it just you know that that goes back to the theme of you know the, the 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 His Hill podcast to fix your eyes on Jesus, right? To be. To be with Him, to abide in Christ, you know. Jesus told us to seek first His kingdom. I know you need these things. He said, "You know." That's my paraphrase. I know you need these things. The mm-hmm. Gentiles, you know, the non-believers they they need these things and they eagerly seek after them. But you seek Me, and you know, Brian. That's I think that's just a great encouragement to to give our listeners to to be fixed, as we always say, be fixed on Jesus. Um, you don't know what tomorrow holds, it has enough worries of its own. Right. You know, Jesus says, but, but to, uh, to, 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 to be with him, to ask him, you know, to trust him and to keep moving forward, trusting him. Yeah. And you know, I look at your life and I say, that's, that's what you've done. You know, I've known you since you were a young man and that's what you've done. You know, you keep moving forward. You keep seeking him. And, you know, that's, and, and we can look back on it and say, thank you, Lord. Yes. Amen. And you have a wonderful family. Uh, you're, for a short time, you have your two kids at home with you. Uh, one just got back from a couple of years at, up at uh, Timberline. That's right. Uh, or just over a year. And and now the other one's about to leave to go to Timberline. Is that correct?
1: Well, he's he shifted his plans. Okay. Kind of like what I was. <clears throat> he said, well, you know, Dad, it, it might be that I'm going to be like you. I think I'm going to go in and study electrical trade. Okay. And then maybe the Lord later on would do that. Okay. So that's kind of where we're at with him. But it was, at one point, it was something on his radar.
0: So those of you who know the Stamness family, you know Anna, you know Josh, now you know what they're up to. And Regina is working uh, at a school, plus she's also licensed realtor, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And you guys uh, have a new home in uh, in Bernie. That's right. Is Bernie the mailing address?
1: It is Bernie's the mailing address, but it's in Bear County. Okay. Yeah, so it's right on the edge of all these counties coming together.
0: Yeah, and yeah. we were part of the part of the crowd that was helping you guys move into the place. It's a nice place and we're really excited for you guys. And, and uh Brian, you and I have been uh, members at, at the same church now for my goodness, except for the 6 years we were gone.
1: It was, uh, I remember it, uh, basically I came on staff and, and then I went to church there at, and, uh, they said, okay, you need to be a deacon. I said, okay. <laughs> and that's pretty much. I've been mean, in it since, uh, 1999 as well.
0: All right. Yeah. So Brian and I get to see each other a lot, uh, on weekends at the church. And then every once in a while we, we do something together, but, uh, you know, Brian, I, I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate, uh, you you being willing because this is only audio nobody knows what you know what time it is but this is seven o'clock in the evening brian was uh working with a with a client in fredericksburg and uh on his way home he stopped by to do this now you've probably heard i'm going to edit it as much as i can but you've probably heard (laughs) a lot of coughing going on sorry about that (laughs) brian's (laughs) Uh, you know I usually have water here don't have it this time and, and Brian's been in pain over there <laughs> we've uh, we've paused the recording a few times or and, and and he's been taking mints and drinking what he can get but he got through it Brian I appreciate you doing that you're a good friend and uh, we want to encourage people that have listened to this to, to just think about the story that Brian's given that you know we don't always know the next step we don't and you know aren't you aren't you glad you don't because I remember going through the same thing one time and uh, just not knowing what I should do. I was out of Bible college and looking for my first position. Couldn't find anything. Called my former youth pastor up. We met in the Denny's. And I, I just uh, I looked at him with frustration. Arlene was there with us. and I said, Del, why won't God tell me what to do? I mean, we're sitting by a window. There's there's shrubs outside. I said, "Why won't he light this bush up?" And just tell me what to do. I'll do it. I want to know what you have. I'll do it. It's not like he hasn't done something like this before. <laughs> and uh, and my youth, former youth pastor Dale Morgan, he said, "You know, Kelly, it's interesting that you say that, because God could light that bush up. He could tell you what he wants you to do. But." The problem is, by the time your hand touches the front door to leave this place, you will already have a plan as to how you are going to achieve God's will in your life. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yep, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Hebrews chapter eleven. It wasn't until Abraham was as good as dead that God made him the father of a multitude. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we all need to come to that point where we we recognize that God is God, he is sovereign, I am not. Christ is my life, I am not my own life. Apart from him I can do nothing, John chapter 15. It's only from that place that we can live not knowing what the next step is because we know the one who does know. And he's faithful, he never leaves, he never forsakes. So I thank you for the testimony, I thank you for sharing these truths really just in telling your story. So. Thank you very much for being here, Brian.
1: Thank you, Kelly. It's, it's truly an honor that you asked me to do this and a uh, blessing. So thank you so much.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the His Hill podcast. You've been listening to our host, Kelly Doherty, and the Hill's previous maintenance manager, Brian Stamness. We hope you appreciate hearing from him today. We have filled up for the upcoming Bible school year, and summer camp is pretty full as well. Please keep us in your prayers as we lead this summer and prepare for another year of Bible school in the fall. And if you'd like to pray for rain to hit the Lone Star State, that would be wonderful too. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ alumni. He is our firm foundation and with him we can stand secure. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in with us this week to another episode of the His Hill podcast. I'm Lizzie and we'll see you next week.